Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Wednesday One Thing. Uh, I'm your host, Hamza, and this is the first Wednesday One Thing of 2021. I'm joined by my co-host, Maury Rubin. Maury, how's it going? I'm, I'm doing really well, Hamza. How are you? I am good as well. Uh, Maury, you got a super interesting topic for ourselves today. Um, and uh, it's about everyone's favorite topic right now, which is the future, or rather what the future might, uh, might just look like. So uh, we're going to be discussing a, uh, an article in Modern Retail about how uh, after record growth, DDC startups might have to fend off a 2021 slump. Uh, Modern Retail is a lot more direct about this. They think that uh, direct-to-consumer startups will have to fend one off. But um, really what we're trying to see is, uh, is the merits of, of that argument and uh, whether uh, direct-to-consumer companies, seed round and series A round companies really have that much to worry about and what their key focuses should be. So something we've repeated many times since March 2020 is the fact that e-commerce has seen the kind of growth, sort of unprecedented growth, that was typically categorized over a five to six year window, but they saw that within five to six months or well, within the whole calendar year um, to, be, uh, to be more specific. And direct-to-consumer startups were among the biggest beneficiaries of more people doing their online, online shopping in 2020, um, whether that was uh, you know, buying uh, sweatpants instead of now that you didn't have to dress up for the office anymore. And it was direct-to-consumer groceries or, or you know, shopping online for pretty much anything that did not require you, that would not have required you to step out of your house and expose yourself to a, a potential contraction of, uh, of the virus. Now, obviously, this has led to some, some questions about the numbers we actually saw posted within e-commerce in 2020, uh, and really about whether those numbers were inflated and uh, how those numbers would then translate and carry over into 2021. So basically, there are two schools of thought uh, posited around this, and Mari would love to get your ideas on on both of them. One is that hey, last year we saw a super inflated growth trend. Um, it was a once in a lifetime event that accelerated that e-commerce uh, expansion. And then the second line of thought is actually we don't really have too much to worry about because now that the floodgates of e-commerce have opened, we're not really ever going back. Every company out there, every every brick and mortar store now also has a major e-commerce component. Uh, we've already discussed how middle market companies have uh, done so much to digitalize their businesses in the age of, of, the, of the pandemic. Uh, and though there might be high churn rates, shopping has become an increasingly online experience. Maury, what side of the argument do you lie on? And uh, what are some of your, your thoughts for what we might see in 2021? Look, I think it's uh, it's an interesting time, of course, and really what we've been focusing on talking about e-commerce is it's not just about shopping. It's not just about going online and making a purchase. There's so many things that go into that purchase decision. And I think what happened in 2020 is that uh, every business decided to jump online and they wanted to keep all the customers they had. So that was you no know, adequate for 2020. But as we roll into 2021, the brands that are going to have the sticking power are the ones that perhaps heeded our warnings in the past, whether that was beefing up their, uh, sh uh, their shipping and handling, whether that was uh, amplifying their uh, referral channels. That's what's really going to get people to stick with these brands. And I think what's going to happen in 2021 is that there's going to be a huge reckoning for some of these DTC brands that, you know, you'll see people who are just in drop shipping, probably not going to be around. Uh, people 
just jumped on the, the craze or, or really had to adapt might not be around. But those who have a really strong strategy are definitely going to be the ones to uh, to succeed in 2021. Yeah, absolutely makes sense. I think another thing worth considering is that um, when we're talking about direct-to-consumer startups, uh, these are startups. You know, they're not like Coca-Cola or, or or Boeing. They have a massive market of consumers that they haven't even touched and that don't even know that that business exists. So, in terms of the the possibilities for where their markets could go, I mean, there's so much more room for them to grow and an increase in e-commerce has, if anything, made more consumers willing to buy online and thereby only expanded their, their TAMs, their total addressable markets, uh, even though these, com- these consumers may not even know about, uh, may, may not know about the existence of those companies yet. Now, something that, uh, that uh, Zach Normandine, who's CEO of beverage portfolio company Iris Nova touched on, is that a lot of the purchases that went on in e-commerce in 2020 uh, might have been through impulse buying through uh, via online ads, and that the churn is probably a lot higher right now than ever before because there are so many options on the market and because uh, that sort of spending trend is unlikely to, con- to continue. Mari, you touched on how shipping and, and brand awareness are so important to, to making sure these trends are, uh, are, are kept in. What else, or rather, what do you think is going to make brands start stand out now that almost everybody is comfortable with buying uh, online and, and total addressable markets for all brands, uh, direct-to-consumer brands have expanded so rapidly? Yeah, I think it, it just goes back to, to what we've always talked about, which is that um, selling online is completely different than selling in-store. Um, you really have, you know, this is your online presence through various different channels, that's your interaction with the customer. Whereas selling in, in retail, you have the physical store, people can touch, people can feel. And so what that means is online, you really have to optimize for all of these different touch points such that the customer feels good about shopping with your brand, such that they want to have a repeat purchase, such that they want to introduce their friends into your brand. So what this means for churn is that companies who were doing that really well in 2020, should be able to keep doing that in 2021. Brands that are just this one time, you know, you bought that impulse purchase, we're are probably gonna have a much rougher time to just, just go about. 100%, uh, if for no other reason than the fact that uh, Facebook and Google will, uh, uh, will ad prices on Facebook and Google will once, once again rise in, uh, in certainly the second quarter of, of, of this year. Um, I think, because of how uh, we saw such a sustained period of historically low ad prices through much of 2020, um, it means brands will have to prepare prepare themselves for the fact that they can't entirely rely on Facebook and Google ads to drive the same amount of sales as as they uh, did last year. And those are revenue growth expectations that that need to be accounted for, especially when uh, a brand may be uh, funded by, by investors such as VC boards or um, or, you know, might have already been through their seed or series A round. Well, uh, Bori, that uh, pretty much concludes our, our conversation for today. Thanks uh, as ever for your time and thanks to everyone listening. We'll be back next week with yet another topic on the Wednesday One Thing. Uh, if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed, please leave them in the uh, comments below or, uh, or reach out back to us. Uh, pleasure, uh, pleasure speaking with you today, Mori.